Walk up to the other party, got that vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got that light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Hey, it's Chris, and welcome to the after party. I'm full of caffeine. I just had some cold brew. It's going to fuel me through this whole episode, so get ready for that. Um, let's start with the Chris stuff, the Daily Tech stuff. The Apple stuff's coming up, but there's a lot going on in Chris' world. I kind of mentioned last week that I'm looking at moving the you know the family and everything cross-state to a different place, and um, I'm actually starting to get kind of excited. I'm scoping out different you know studio spots and getting excited about the possibilities on top of that. I'm also kind of looking to make a switch in the camera realm, in the camera world. Well, not not necessarily a switch, so to speak. For a long time, for several years, a couple years, I've been using uh, Panasonic cameras. It's just the way that it happened. I, you know, I got stuck on like the G7 when the channel was like really new because it was like really affordable. We could shoot 4K and it had all these limitations. And then I kind of upgraded um, the pan through the Panasonic line. I had something else too, an even smaller one uh, that was Panasonic. I had cam a couple Canons, a couple Sony's that were like smaller, like point and shooty type of things. But I eventually wound up with the GH5, and I've been shooting on that as my main camera for quite a while, and it's been great. Um, people ask me, other YouTubers, even bigger YouTubers, like, what lens is that with all that bokeh, that blurry background? It looks so nice. And it's like, it's a GH5 with the Noctocron, which is a really nice lens. It's probably like the nicest lens you can get for a GH5. And it does produce some great shots. It has stabilization because I do a lot of handheld shooting. This is a little bit of behind the scenes, I guess, for you guys. I, I, I do use some. Uh, tripod stuff. I don't do a lot of pans anymore. I used to when the channel was new. <laughs> did a lot of pans. Um, I don't do a lot of like slider shots anymore, even though I've, I've got an Edelchrone slider that I've used a lot uh, in the past. But I like to go fast <laughs> and get as much as good quality as I can, but but as quickly as I can. So I kind of develop a shot list and I say like, this is going to be handheld, 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 tripod, get, get two angles for this or whatever. Um, but when I do handheld stuff, I use the uh, GH5 because it has really nice um, stabilization. And some of the lenses have stabilization too. So the lenses plus the body, it equals pretty steady stuff. And then, you know, I can shoot at slow-mo and then in Final Cut, when I, when I get my footage in, I can even slow it down a little bit more, make it even more cinematic. So it's worked out really well. The problem is it's just one camera. And uh, I've been looking into, I mean, I've been kind of experimenting with doing some more multi-cam stuff. And I think you guys have noticed that probably on the channel where I'm just at the desk or something. And, and, you know, I set this up the other day, I had a camera looking at me. That was a GH5 and that was nice. It looked good. Uh, but then the other angles, it was just like the iPhone and I've got several other like smaller cameras, whether it's an action camera or just something else. And I've got a couple iPhones actually that I could use, but, but you know, the, the footage didn't match up and, you know, color stuff color wise. And, you know, I just, I don't know, I'd like three or two or three cameras that are all the same. So the colors, you know, color science just matches up really nice and it's easier to edit and post. And so I've been looking at it and I'm kind of thinking about making a jump into the Sony world. Now I wouldn't get rid of the GH5 because I think it's a great camera for those handheld shots in particular. Um, and you know, I've got some nice lenses and, and whatever, so I wouldn't get rid of that, but it would become a part of the arsenal. So I'm kind of looking at something like either the a7 III or the a7, uh, II, a7S II. I don't know. I'm still learning all the Sony cameras, right? Um, you know, so one of those is maybe like a full frame, like main camera, full frame, just meaning if you're not into cameras and stuff, you know, you can just get better quality. And then I'm maybe looking at something like an a6400, 
or a6600 as like a, a B cam or, or a C cam kind of a setup for that. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm doing some research. Uh, I'm trying not to spend too much, but something. And I know that the footage doesn't have to be amazing. I don't need like three cinema cameras to make this happen. Um, for me, my philosophy recently has just kind of been like capture something to illustrate what I'm talking about. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but but a, a good, like decent, good, as good as I can make it. And I feel like from the samples that I've seen, maybe something like, um, you know, the a7 III or and maybe a, a, an a6400 or two, it could do the job. And they'd all play nicely together um, and, and match the footage pretty nicely. And what I like about them is the a couple things. Number one, the autofocus. Uh, Panasonic in their autofocus just hasn't been stellar. You kind of on the GH5, you got to do some hacks kind of to get the autofocus to be decent, um, mess with the shutter angle and stuff. And it's fine. I, I do use the autofocus for the you know down in the studio when I got that paper background. It's all lit up, kind of blue. People can make complaining. It's like I don't like the purple. Well, it's kind of more of a blue, but it just depends on how your browser and everything shows it. But but for that setup, I am using the GH5 with autofocus, and it's it's okay. It's it's somewhat sharp, and you know. But I would like amazing autofocus. So it really comes down to either Canon, I think, or Sony. But I like the price point, especially of those A6400s. Those seem really decent for the price. You can get one for you know a thousand bucks with a lens, uh, and yeah, and it's like a little sibling to a full frame Sony camera, and and it's just not bad. So I can set it up and I can set it up, you know, so I could do like two different things. You know, you guys know like Unbox Therapy is sort of the OG with the three camera setups uh, for tech stuff. Got one overhead, one from the side, and then one in front with like the super ultra wide, you know, lens. And that's nice. And then you could do something kind of like what I've seen I Justine do too, where she just seems to have, you know, that ultra wide out front, that front angle, and then like a B cam sort of on whatever she's talking about off to the side. So... And maybe she does a, a three cam with an overhead too. I don't know. Everyone, you know, everyone does different setups for different videos. Not the same every time. But so I'm like, well, should I get three A6400s? You know, and that's good enough. See the A6400. I'm sorry, I'm getting so deep into camera stuff right now. It's just what's on my brain right now. And if this is so boring, you can just skip this part and get to the Apple stuff. But you know, for the behind the scenes stuff, maybe this is interesting. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> last week my wife was listening to me record this podcast and she she came down. And she's like how can you just talk and talk and talk, you know, about stuff? And it's true. Like, this is my chance to just like talk about stuff that's interesting to me. And it's amazing to me that anybody's out there that even cares, you know what I mean? So yeah, I can sit here and rant probably all day till the batteries run out or until the coffee hits and it's time for a bathroom break. But just as I'm looking at, you know, looking into some new studio space and the camera setups and, you know, I really want to be able to produce more content, number one, and the easier I can make that on myself, you know, then the better. Because right now, even with the current setup, I can do a video start to finish in a whole day. And I'm talking about basically planning, uh, doing the outline, shooting the A-roll, shooting the B-roll, try to get that all done before lunch, import over lunch, come back and do the edit that, that afternoon and then either publish it that day or maybe in the morning if I still need to finish some some edits up, you know, I'll wake up at like four or five in the morning and finish that up and upload it, you know, um, stick it in compressor and, and then upload it. But but if I'm able to have a few other cameras that with that have that autofocus that I don't have to worry about setting the focus and it's just going to reliably capture what I'm talking about, then I can come in and, you know, back in the day, I used to have like a script for everything. That's how I started out. And then lately, it's like I almost don't even 
script it a lot of times. It's just like an experience. I'm experiencing something more and reacting and talking about it. And just I'm able to have enough depth of knowledge to just talk about it. And other times I do still kind of uh, flesh things out a little bit more. It depends on the subject, how complicated or not, or if there's some details I really need to word right or something. But I can take a lot of the burden off of myself and make things go faster and be more streamlined uh, if I can have a setup that's dedicated to overhead stuff or dedicated to talking with a few cameras or a dedicated place where I can film some great B-roll. And if you look at, I'm sort of doing some research, right? I'm in the research phase. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing like all the different tech YouTubers that are really good at this stuff and that have really built out their sets. And so I'm looking at people like Linus Media Group. Um, he's kind of in that, was he one of the first people to really kind of get a warehouse and he built like pieces of an actual house building plan like in there and stuff. So he's got that whole approach. You know, uh, Austin Evans has a really interesting studio space. Um, with some cool angles and shots and lights and of course TLD unbox therapy Marquez just moved in a new one there's a lot of you know Serdici and I Justine's I think just kind of a good example of someone who's doing it out of the house there's all these different people with their different setups and ideas and for me I just want to as we start looking at this new space to be able to streamline you know so like Lou he will I, I watched Marquez's tour of his studio again recently as I'm doing this research and he's got his little setup there, not a little setup. He's got his setup there where it's like a button and it turns on all the lights and all the monitors and all the cameras and powers everything with like a, a press of the button, um, for the unbox therapy kind of traditional setup there. And that's, that's cool. Cause it's streamlined. I like that. The idea of streamlined. And I, and I, I also like, like Marquez, he's building a, a podcasting space, you know, it's dedicated to that. I like that idea too. And I would like to get back, to doing video podcast stuff uh, eventually. And so, you know, grabbing a couple extra cameras with good autofocus, that could really be helpful for that endeavor too. I know that you guys have been like, bring it back. <laughs> Some people get so adamant, they're like, don't even have those channels up, uh, the Clips channel and, and the After Party channel if you're not going to post there. And yeah, I mean, I plan on bringing it back. Uh, so anyways, long story short, looking at a new camera system uh, for the new studio space slash spaces. Um and if you guys have any insights, then let me know. So if you look at A6400 or A6600 and something like the A7 III or something, you know, and add a couple lenses or something, that's kind of like the budgety neighborhood that I'm looking in rather than like three C500s or some reds or something. You know, that stuff's for later. Yeah, okay, let me address something. Um, this is a comment that somebody, I ha by the way, I have some more exciting news. I'm going to talk about it in a second. A live streaming presentation I need you guys to tune in for next week. But before I get to that, I published a video today actually talking about my desk setup. It was, it was a highly requested one about why and how I'm using a MacBook Pro and an iPad Pro at the same time on the same desk setup. So I talked about that today and I just want to kind of clear something up. And I talk about, I feel like I talk about this sometimes on the podcast and sorry if I'm kind of getting repetitive, but people are like, hey, it's the pandemic right now. And this is like a $10,000 setup probably. That was their calculation, not mine. And how could you be talking about this? Well, you're just acting like rich, flaunting money, and, and this is not practical for people. And I just, again, let me reiterate, that's not the intention. It's not what I'm trying to do. Don't want to depress people. FOMO is a real thing. I understand in the tech space for me too, especially we're talking about studios. You know what I mean? I don't have the greatest, grandest, giantest studio, and I won't ever in the YouTube space. There's people who came before, who blew up before, 
who got big and you know they're always going to be bigger and that's just it's just how it goes but at the same time did I work for the things that I have and start from scratch from absolutely nothing then yeah yeah but look you guys haven't seen the rest of my office or the house you don't know what it's like where I'm living you know what I mean I'm not in some mansion you know and I realize everything's relative but I just want you guys to know again because I like to just try to keep it as real as possible I'm a tech reviewer and so when you see tech uh, and I'm showing it on camera, that's because it's my job. You know, there's not a Lamborghini in the garage, and I don't want people to feel bad because that's what I'm talking about. And and I have to talk about, you know, I'll talk about the budget stuff. I'm talking about um, a budget uh, iPad setup next week. It's going to take me till next week. Uh, talking about the budget iPad with the Logitech combo, uh, keyboard, you know, keyboard case. I think I mentioned this already, but that's like I'm trying to make like a budget iPad Pro setup kind of like with the trackpad and nice keyboard and everything that's coming up. I do do budget stuff. I just covered the iPhone SE, you know, and that review did really well in the search in particular, um, blew up in, in, uh, YouTube search, but yeah, I'm not trying to flaunt stuff, but at the same time I do have this setup and I'm going to talk about it cause I use it. And it's interesting. At least when I see somebody talking about a Mac pro and it's 40 grand or something, I'm interested still, even though that's out of my league, out of my price, but it's interesting because I'm a tech enthusiast. You know what I mean? And we're getting back to this thing. Like everyone keeps asking, can you give this away? I could do this with that. How about you do a giveaway? Why don't you sell that stuff or help people who need it? And, and I addressed that uh, a couple podcasts back. So go check that out if you're wondering that. But just a PSA, you know, work hard and you'll be able to get stuff and you won't be complaining about other people's stuff. And pandemics, I've said it before, not, but not about pandemics, but about downturns in the economy. Uh, when things can look bleak, that's often where there's opportunity. So don't get down, get busy. You know, everyone sees you at what they think is, to put it in Andy Minio's words, at the top of the mountain, but they never see you on the climb really, except you kind of do. If you go back on the channel, you can see it. I started in the garage, you know, in the garage set, didn't know what I was doing with the camera. And that was in 2015. And here we are five years later and things are, are taking off pretty nicely, you know, but just, just work hard and then you don't have to complain about stuff. I started from nothing too, you know? Like things take time. It's not going to be an overnight success story. So just keep that in mind. And you can do it too. I'm here rooting for you. I'm saying like I've done it so you could do it. So do it. All right. Here's just a quick little announcement. I've got some some fun things happening on, on the back burner. Uh, I can't announce one yet, but maybe in the coming weeks, um, doing a, a fun little collaboration with a company you might've heard of. It's not a sponsorship, um, but that's coming up. Uh, but something that's coming up that you can know about and that I want you to know about is that I'm going to be doing a presentation for the Mobile Creator Summit, I think is what it's called. It's put on by Filmic. I'll try to link this up in the description. But I'm going to be speaking next Friday. Obviously, this isn't uh, uh, an in-person event because of you know COVID-19, but it is going to be live, though. And this is like a two-week thing. There's already been some presenters. There's going to be a lot of other really great presenters, so you should check it out. Uh, and so I'll be there. I'll be talking about the tools that I use for mobile content creation. It's going to be about a 20-minute session, um, and there's going to be a Q&A session. So I would love to have you guys hang out and join. So put on the calendar. I'm going to link this up below. Uh, but come hang out with me live and watch this presentation. It's going to be fun. I guess just uh, before we get into the Apple News, a really, really, really quick announcement uh, about Apple Hype. I did say that we were making some changes and stuff. Now we got this move kind of going on. So I may delay that until after the move happens, but it's still coming. It's only getting more valuable by the day. Uh, so just 
if you're waiting for it, it's coming. And by the way, thanks for everyone who always corrects me. Every now and then, because I'm just a human, I make like a spelling error or something. <laughs> and people are like, you spelled cup of coffee wrong. You said cop. It's like, oh, shoot. Uh, but thank you. So thanks to everyone who like pays attention and helps me out. I love it. But I will say this, though. I'm putting together some exclusive recommendations that uh, that aren't going to be in the free version of Apple Hype. And there's some good stuff, especially, you know, like I put in a really great Apple Watch app today. Um, that's going to be one of the exclusive recommendations. So there's going to be a lot of value. If you're really into Apple, the ecosystem, uh, then this is something to really look forward to. That's all I can say. So let's get into the Apple news. Here's something that's interesting. I don't know if you were ever a Parks and Rec fan, but they just shot kind of a reunion episode. And I think it was kind of like uh, pandemic relief kind of stuff. It's like for Cherry. But what they did was they directed it. There was a director and directed the actors via zoom the conferencing app and then i think there was an iphone setup for all the people participating to actually shoot their content and i haven't seen it i should even though parks and rec it was it was only okay to me i really liked the office better as you guys know but i'm interested in in the aspect of like using iphones on such a big production and, and making it happen how it came together because I've, I've mentioned this too recently like everybody's turning into a youtuber uh, all the news anchors are just in their room <laughs> using the same stuff that YouTubers use now. It's funny. All right, so here's how uh, the, the actors got set up. Here, here was the equipment that they got. Uh, and this is from Mike Schur. He was one of the guys who was involved. And what he said was he hooked everybody up with a little iPhone rig, which included a tripod and a light. So they mailed everyone their iPhone rig and their microphone and stuff. And then they, using Zoom, told everyone, here's how you need to frame up you know, so we can see you. And then they had to be careful <laughs> to try to make it not look like everyone was just sitting alone in their house staring at a computer, which is, yeah, the same struggle that a YouTuber is going to face, too. Just kind of interesting. I'm going to have to go watch that after this. I, I don't usually like to cover patents and rumors too much, but I found something that I've run into a million times before. I did want to talk about it a little bit today because it's just so exciting, and that is that, once again, it's kind of surface that Apple's working on the, the possibility or potential for smart windows in your smart car. I don't know whether that's going to be an Apple car or they're going to license this out uh, to other uh, manufacturers. That, that remains the question with Project Titan, Apple's car project. But I have thought about this forever. Apple's getting super into AR. We all know that. And Apple Glasses, that's going to be a really cool thing when it hits in a couple years. But if you think about it, your car windshield and the windows, those are sort of like glasses because it's glass that you're looking through when you're driving or riding. And it makes all the sense in the world. Now, we've already seen some little heads-up displays. You know, it's, it, you started in the luxury segment and it's kind of worked its way down to even like Hondas and stuff, right? Where you just get some navigation and stuff. But what if your whole piece of glass or all the windows in your car were potentially smart and you're just seeing really high res one of the things that apple's working on is high res graphics for augmented reality experiences and i don't know if that's just for glasses or if it translates to something bigger like a car windshield or something but what if you could you know overlay really interesting stuff uh, and then and then if you add the driverless aspect so that you don't have to drive and you can pay attention to like interesting stuff that's being displayed how cool would that be so it'd be like siri tell me about the nearby coffee shop when you're traveling or something and it throws it up and it gives an overlay that kind of moves as the car moves, you know, it tells you maybe do they have nitro? Yep. Uh, what are the reviews? You can see it, read it. 
uh, overlaid or something. I don't know. I don't know all the applications, but it sounds really fascinating. So here's kind of a description from an article that I was reading about. It says the smart windows would contain multiple adjustable layers sandwiched between two panes of glass that could perform such functions as keeping a cool interior, providing privacy to occupants, so regular window stuff, and allowing viewing through haze and blocking harmful sunlight radiation. Okay, that's interesting. So I guess uh, from the article, it's not just about AR, it's just about making your window better, smarter. So it's saying that this auto window and auto tint, it could change constantly as your driving conditions change and also as your preferences as a driver change. So something that's cool that you could do, it sounds like, is let's say you're driving through downtown and you just want a little more privacy, is you could have it appear more tinted or darker to people outside of the vehicle, but then maintain visibility still from the inside. That sounds pretty cool. Or then, you know, like, uh, let's say a motorcyclist gets out in front and the sun's shining all over the helmet right into your eyeballs. That's always annoying, right? Well, then it could auto-adjust, you know, to keep things nice and comfy. It's just like, but getting back to the AR stuff, because that's interesting, but the AR is, is more interesting. What if you could just throw up a, a movie or something on the on the glass, you know, some entertainment, see your tweets, you know, put on a daily tech video, for instance, this is the stuff that we all dream about. I need it now. Ooh, I gotta talk a little bit about Fortnite. I still play it every now and then. It just is sort of like, I don't play it frequently, but I would say a few times a month, you know, like when I just need a break from work or something and I did sign up for Apple Arcade. I'm still, still going. It's still in there. I haven't canceled it quite yet. Uh, but Fortnite, it's just a good old standby, a favorite. Now, I got to tell you guys, my favorite game mode ever for this kind of a, a FPS, you know, PVP type of game is from Star Wars. And it was like a cargo mode where you would have to one team. There's two teams. One team would like guard some cargo as it was going from point A to point B. And the other team would try to take it out and prevent them from getting there. And I loved it. It's like my favorite game uh, mode ever. And that same kind of thing just hit Fortnite, I think, this last week. And I tried it out. And it's pretty good. It's not as good as Star Wars, but it's still pretty fun. There's something about it, guys. I don't know what it is. It's like when it gets to be competitive <laughs> in online games, that's where the action is for me. That's where it's fun. I could play against an AI, and I just wouldn't care. It's not fun. Like, what was that Star Wars game that came out? You guys know I like Star Wars, if you can't tell just from this episode. But there's a Star Wars game. Was it like Jedi Knight Fallen Order or something? Something. The recent game. And it's just like solo, right? And it's got a good story and all this stuff. I don't care, though. I just don't care. Uh, because it's just against the computer. When you put me in uh, a game against other people, then I go to work, and that's when it gets fun. So this new game mode is called Operation Payload, and here's the description. It says, use your current spy tech as well as new tech in this release to defend or escort the payload against the other team, which tries to stop you, and then you switch sides. And actually, when I was playing it, you switch sides several times in a round. And it's cool, because if you've ever played Fortnite, it's just like a big island, and they redo it every now and then. And then, so in this mode, you get to like switch to different parts of the island. I think, what did you play? Like six times. I've only played it once per round. And so you visit different parts of the island, gives you a route. And then the weapons loadout, it's a little bit different. Um, you kind of pick a, a particular weapon that you want for each round. And um, it's fun. I, I got to appreciate Fortnite. I'm not a paid Fortnite player. So I don't go in and get the battle pass and use all the costumes and, and you know, decorate the the weapons and stuff i don't need it in fact i really i wouldn't spend money on anyways although i do spend some money on some games like badland brawl i i do spend money on there frequently actually is it in-app purchase but 
one of my favorite things is it's almost part of my strategy to look like the noob, you know, that doesn't know what they're doing because they didn't pay for the battle pass and I'm just using the default avatar and stuff and skins. And then you aim for the people who have like the latest uh, costumes and stuff. Like <laughs> there was John Wick for a while. There's Deadpool in there right now. Whatever the recent collaboration is, man, I love getting those dudes that, that pay for it and think they're so good. You know what I mean? That's the best. See, I get really competitive about it, but it's fun. It's like an outlet though. So you should check it out. And by the way, I, I'm interested in Fortnite for other reasons because it's become such a social thing. I don't know if you guys, uh, you know, caught the Travis Scott concert. I checked it out on, on some YouTube videos later. But if you're unaware, like Marshmello, I think he was the first one. And then Travis Scott uh, did like concerts, live concerts in Fortnite. And millions and millions of people tuned in. And it was like the, a huge concert venue, you know, like much bigger than at the Staples Center or something, you know, and you had all these players watching and it gives you opportunity to do something totally different. And it's kind of cool because it's a model for like right now, everyone's stuck inside and how do you innovate and do something different? Well, this is the kind of thing that's really different. And the marshmallow one, they made that look like you, you can look this all up online, just kind of a normal stage and put it in the park, one of the parks in, in Fortnite. And it was very conventional. The second one, the Travis Scott one, and I'm not super into Travis Scott. I actually do like a lot of Marshmallow's music and a lot largely because of the Fortnite set that he did. In fact, as I've gone through his music, that was like his best music in my opinion, but Travis Scott, not so much. And by the way, for everyone asking about my playlist that, you know, hey, Chris, can I have your Apple Music playlist? I finally got that up. I'll try to link that uh, down below too. A lot of people have been checking that out too. It's called Catch This Wave. But what was really interesting about the Travis Scott experience is that they rethought stuff. They weren't like, let's build a fake little stage and make it life-size. No, he was like enormous, you know, like a giant on the island while the players watching, they were all regular size, you know, and there was special effects and he's flying around through space sitting on the planets. It was crazy. It was kind of mind-blowing. And I just, a couple things. I really like creativity and I like rethinking things. I'm pushing the envelope. And I've talked about this before, but I have a whole note in my Apple Notes that's just full of thoughts on creativity i should share that sometime um but i feel like it's really helped me that mentality of you know wanting to be creative wanting to be original how do you do that what does it actually mean i mean i've put hours and hours into thinking about it because i think a lot of people i'm just going to talk about youtube again a little bit and this applies to whatever your job is or aspirations in life they see somebody who's already been successful and they're like I want to be like that. And I want to do that. And so they start emulating. And I think a lot of people start there at that place of emulation. And later on, they develop, you know, their own personal tweaks on, on whatever formula or, or whatever. And you have to, it's like me when I'm checking out other people's studios that have uh, already set up these massive cool things. Cause it's a starting place, you know, get some research. What do you like? What do you not, you know, what worked, what didn't. Wow. I talked myself out. I, my mind went blank for a second. <laughs> I must need another hit of coffee. Hold on. All right. Sorry to slurp there. That was just for the microphone for some added effect. But creativity and originality, it's everything. If you're sitting there and you're like, man, I like what Chris does. A lot of people, sometimes it's hard to be a, uh, a YouTuber. And this is not like a, a, a humble brag, okay? But I'm just saying, sometimes it's hard when people are like, you're the best YouTuber out there. You're the best Apple YouTuber. You're the best tech YouTuber. You're the best. I just love your content. And to be sure, I get a lot of hate, a lot of hate, plenty of hate and comments that are offensive, except they're not really because clearly, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, bad comments, they don't really get me down, but I won't go into that right now. But 
I just want to say, if you're out there, because I've been there, I've been there, I've been like, that person, I like what they do, they're the best at what they do, they're my favorite at, at whatever, but you shouldn't want to be that person or be like them. Like, you shouldn't want to be me. If anyone's out there listening, like, I want to be like Chris. No, 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 no. You got to be like you and do, you know, this is, we're bordering on the cheesy here to say, like, you're the best you, which is obviously true, but it's it's overused and cheesy. But I will always be better at being me, though, than you will be at trying to be me and other people in, you know, whatever it is that you like or want to emulate, they're going to be better too. You have to be you. And the cool thing about the internet is when you actually be yourself, then there's so many people out there that you will find, as they say, your tribe, the people that connect and resonate with you um, over your either coolness or uniqueness or weirdness, whatever it is. But you got to be you though. Like if everyone was trying to be PewDiePie or uh, Mr. Beast, it wouldn't work because that already exists and they're better at it. So I just want to say, don't try to be Chris. Don't don't be like Chris, the content creator. Be like, I appreciate these things about Chris, but I'm going to do my own thing. This this twist or whatever. In fact, somebody ripped off Apple Hype the other day. Did I already talk about this? I think I might have, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to go there. And it's funny, like some people just, they're not even going to do the work, they think. And they just download my videos and re-upload them. And uh, it's not a huge deal. It doesn't really impact my... Uh, me monetarily and youtube has a tool you know i don't i don't understand why these people do this what's the motivation um they re-upload your content but there's a tool for creators in youtube and it just shows you like there's a 100 match for this video it's a straight up re-upload of your content or this one matches 90 percent or 20 percent, and then you can just really quickly with a check mark you know say get rid of it get rid of it take it down or leave it up or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's really, you have to do work, you know, to, to be successful once again, uh, it turns out. But I don't know how I got on such a long rant uh, just talking about <laughs> Fortnite and creativity, but but it's cool. You should look that stuff up and and I don't know, I do appreciate, and part of it to me is like Fortnite is trying to remain relevant, you know, because everything sort of has its time and then something else comes along. And But I feel like Fortnite is doing a decent job of, of doing new things within an older context, kind of. So that's all I wanted to say. Here's a, a, some small news, but it's cool news. It's that Apple's finally looking at letting us edit sent messages. This is a feature people have been wanting forever. And I'll tell you what else I want. It's, it's equally as simple, and I, I would want this almost more, is the ability to mark messages as unread and treat it sort of like an email. Because sometimes I read it because I need to know what it says, but I'm not ready to respond right now. And then it's already marked as read and then I forget that it's new that's a problem for me sometimes but being able to edit a sent message that could be useful so Apple's doing all kinds of stuff with messages you know they don't you when something's so popular as messages you can't tweak it too much uh because it's already working successful you don't want people to not like it but I think Apple's starting to look kind of into could we make this a little bit more like WeChat where there's like many applications within it or something you, you already have some integrations some pretty deep integrations with stuff but it's cool to me, though, when something like this uh, develops further than what it always has been because you're getting extra value as a customer for nothing. That's one of the great things about Apple is updates and support and for how long you get that support, even for your older device. So this is this does have to do with the patent. Okay, so I'm breaking my rule several times a day. But, um, so the patent says devices, methods, and graphical user interface for messaging. It's got a big old long number associated with it, as patents do. But here's some wording from the patent, and just see what you pull out of this. 
It says, but current messaging applications have numerous drawbacks and limitations. For example, they're limited in their ability to easily acknowledge messages, edit previously sent messages, express what a user is trying to communicate, display private messages, synchronize viewing of content between users, incorporate handwritten inputs, yada, 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 yada. Whoa, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. You guys, I, I just covered, I guess this is in a recent uh, video, not in the podcast, um, but there was a, an app or actually, was it a Chrome plugin? I think it was on the Chrome plugin video. It was like Netflix party, and it would let you watch and synchronize Netflix with other people. But did you catch that? Uh, they're saying synchronized viewing of content between users in messages. That's cool. Watch the daily tech video together with somebody, with your grandma. Not with your grandma. Well, your grandma likes tech. <laughs> or your friends, whoever. Uh, but yeah, edit previously sent messages. That was in there. Twitter's not going to give us that probably, right? Even though people have outlined how to make it doable without screwing everything up. But Twitter's stubborn. I don't know if we're ever going to get that. But Apple's like, no, maybe that would be useful. And really it would, I think. Number one, if you make an embarrassing typo, I have sent almost, I have sent and, and have almost sent some embarrassing typos before because I am all about speed. I've realized this in my life. I like to just get things done fast. And I talked about that when it came to camera stuff earlier, right? But even when it's messaging, it's like, boop, doop, 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 type it out and send it. And I don't really proofread a whole lot. I probably should because, oh, oh man, I can't even read what one of the things I sent to my wife was the other day uh, on this podcast. Uh, it wasn't terrible, but I'm just not going to read it here. But, you know, typos happen. It'd be nice to edit that. And there's a really good point here. Uh, it, the patent is also saying to express what a user is trying to communicate. There's one person in particular that works with our business a lot, and there's a lot of miscommunication sometimes. And it's just when you're saying something face-to-face, -face, it's totally different than when you're texting something. And things can be taken out of context really easily because they don't know if you're smiling or serious or not because there's no facial expressions, no body language. So if Apple's coming up with some interesting ways to address that, and not, it's not just about uh, this you know, ability to edit stuff. This is all exciting stuff. You guys know better than to think that I won't get excited about just the tiniest little thing in the Apple world, because I will. I think we talked a little bit uh, recently about Apple is aiming to reopen a bunch of their stores soon. And I just want to say, <laughs> I where, where we're thinking about moving, it's going to be a lot closer to an Apple store than where I am right now, like a lot closer. And that's really exciting to me. Part of me, part of me right now is like, I can't even... This feels so surreal with this lockdown, this shutdown, the quarantine. I almost can't even remember or envision like being able to go places and like do stuff normally anymore, like go to the Apple store. Um, so it's fun. Uh, it's exciting. I, I can't wait for something like this to happen. But yeah, right now it's over like an hour to get to an Apple store. And that is frustrating. So can't wait for these to reopen. Can't wait to be closer to an Apple store. Although I will miss some of the employees out here. Uh, who recognize me when I go in, and that's nice. Have good conversations uh, with them and and Apple people in general. But sometimes it's just nice. I, I hate to say this, but it's not like I'm some big celebrity. But it's like one of the one places where I get recognized when I go into an Apple store, and this happens at Apple stores around the country. And it's just nice to connect with people because some of the other times when I go in and people don't recognize, which is fine. I'm not expecting them to, but they're just not as nice, you know. It's like one of my favorite episodes of King of Queens uh, is there's a little guy, uh, a little person who's like hitting on Carrie, Doug's wife. I used to watch that show, the reruns. It was already in reruns when I was in college, but I watch it two episodes every night before I went to bed or like while I was going to bed. 
and put the TV on timer and it was shut off. This is way back, really old TV before flat screens. And one of my favorite episodes uh, was this little person comes up hitting on Carrie, Doug's wife, and Doug's like, he comes and puts his arm around. He's like, you got everything you need. And uh, I butchered it, but it cracks me up. But that's like, that's kind of like what some of the Apple store employees are when they're really busy at an Apple store. I feel like there's a greeter and you come in. It's kind of like that. It's like, you got everything you need. And, you know, people are polite. They're courteous. But, and I, I would probably be uh, like that too, you know, if it was like smashed and slammed with a bunch of people. But, but it's nice though when somebody can strike up a dialogue because, you know, I know what it's like. Like, I started YouTube because of this dude named Chris Spooner when I used to do graphic design stuff and he was on YouTube and he was doing some stuff and that's he was one of the reasons why I started a blog in the first place I I had a design blog way before I ever had a tech blog which then turned into a YouTube channel but and I felt like I knew Chris Spooner as a friend sort of just because that's the power of YouTube you know you get to know a lot about people and you feel like you're hanging out kind of so it's nice when I can go in and people have told me that I feel like we're friends because I've watched so many of your videos and so I get it. And so it's nice when you can go in and talk to one of these, you know, kind of basically almost sort of like friends, even though you don't get to hang out because you have stuff to talk about. And it's just different than meeting up with a stranger at the Apple store. Do I sound like I'm getting entitled and privileged and whiny? But this report is saying, though, that it's getting close for the Apple store's reopening because uh, certain employees have been returning to work. They're conducting training and meetings and stuff from home, getting ready. They're prepping. Because they've been handling like online and support and technical stuff all online. But there's nothing like going into a place and be like, here's the problem. So absolutely can't wait. And by the way, you guys are not going to believe where I'm actually going to end up moving to. I'm sure I'll do a video about it maybe. Um, But you're going to be like, why'd you move there? And it's interesting. Part of me, I'll just give you a little context before I get there. I could go to California like a bunch of people. It's sort of like the media hub or New York. They're kind of like the two media hubs in the U.S. And yeah, L.A., there's a lot of people. It could do a lot of collaborations, uh, this nice sunny weather. And uh, over there in New York, also a ton of people, right? Uh, great, great place to film, you know, and not look weird with you're holding the camera because people just expect it. But I'm going to stay in the Midwest, though, because I want to do my own thing. I want to plant my flag sort of in my own city. There's no other big YouTubers that I know of in this city and it's not a giant city but it's not a tiny city but it's gonna be my city <laughs> i'm claiming it people are gonna be like oh yeah that is a nice place to be and i didn't realize that but there's lots of reasons to be there here's an interesting news item it says that gadget spending has skyrocketed as the lockdown has brought upon us unbearable boredom i understand that i think nintendo switches have been selling like crazy lately <laughs> and I, I really wish i hadn't sold mine I had the original I don't know if anybody remembers this. I may have even made this video private. I don't remember. But I even did like a cartridge taste test. Yeah, that's right. Because there's a coating on there was so kids wouldn't put it in their mouth. But I wish I hadn't sold it. I forgot who I sold it to. I should get it back. Like, I hear about Animal Crossing all the time. I have no idea what people are talking about because I don't have a Switch anymore. But uh, it's funny. It's it's Well, it's not funny. It's just, it's interesting because people continue to be interested in my content. And sometimes I'm like, I don't understand what's going on right now because I know I know the economy is doing bad and stuff, but people are still interested in my content. And my AdSense went down uh, a little bit, but uh, we have hu- been hustling, putting out some content, and I've gotten it back up, uh, you know, to kind of where it was. 
almost and um you know some other income streams are just doing good too and people are interested in tech right now still because it's one of those it's become to to certain parts of the world a necessity uh because it connects you when you can't be connected physically you know and because it does so much it provides you with information and entertainment so i guess i really it's been a blessing i just lucked out or it's been a blessing that i'm in the tech space and covering it but i totally get this so um this article is talking about pc sales have been up 53 percent this week which was already following a 31 percent increase the week before and they've been growing a lot every week for like five weeks chromebook sales are even up more than 100 percent now that makes sense because people are out there needing to do zoom calls and stuff and they need something cheap to get out to the students and employees or whatever that makes a lot of sense but computer monitor sales, those have ramped up 73% and printers 61 and microphones 147. I get all of this. Computer monitors, yeah, because everyone wants to upgrade their setup, right? You're stuck at home, you're working from home, you're studying from home, you're entertaining at home, and you could do a laptop screen, or you could do a tablet screen, or you could do a bigger screen. It just makes sense to upgrade that if you're spending more time there. Printers, uh, I'm actually going to be covering an interesting printer this upcoming week, hint, hint, but not just by itself, not doing like a printer review, but it'll be uh, part of my, you know, at-home office setup, another video on that, which should be pretty interesting. Microphones, yeah. If you're going to be conferencing, if you're creating content, you know, from home, yeah, you want to sound good. If you take your favorite YouTuber and subtract the mic that they're using and just have like an onboard mic for from a camera or something, you would not enjoy the video. Uh, a microphone is a huge part of, of video stuff, quality. And the same thing is true for a YouTuber, and same thing is true for videos, you know, Hollywood uh, movies, but the same thing is true for like video conferencing, you know? Uh, having a good microphone is a big upgrade. I understand then where that 147% spike comes from. But get this, the biggest thing was that sales of TVs was by far the highest volume, exceeded 1.1 million units, which is the biggest increase, I think, outside of the holiday season. But every size 32 inches and above had double-digit growth. 65 inches and above TVs were up 139%. But everything under 32%, that declined by 15%. People are like, no, I want a big TV while I'm in quarantine. And I, I haven't seen the Apple numbers, but just being an Apple-focused you know, focused YouTube channel, I would say the Apple stuff's doing okay right now. You know, uh, I was scrolling through the news today and i saw an article about um upgrading your broadband and smart home stuff and this is all stuff that i'll probably be looking into more um as we get moved maybe i i know i've covered smart home stuff before and it just wasn't as popular uh, on the channel and that doesn't mean that i'm not going to cover some unpopular stuff you know every now and then because i find it interesting i know other people will too but um but i'll probably be covering some more smart home stuff soon but one thing i want to potentially cover is as broadband stuff because you might you might think like chris he's a tech youtuber talks about tech and apple and he must have the fastest internet in the world but you know what actually i don't and haven't i've had 60 megs up oh no 60 megs down ish when it works good and only two megs up two megs up that's not good for uploading 4k youtube content that's exactly why i use apple's compressor to shrink that file size up and get it uploaded usually in under an hour around an hour but i want faster internet i want broadband i want gig internet and so that's something i'm looking forward to hopefully um, getting at the next place for sure 
But yeah, maybe I'll make a video about it. You know, like how has it changed my life? Is it, has it, is it worth it? And maybe I'm way behind the times because maybe you had it for 10 years already. I guess there's not a whole ton of news that I, I really felt like covering. I'm just kind of hitting some things here and there because it's just fun. It's just kind of fun to talk about it and not to talk about all the biggest releases every single week, right? Um, sometimes you need to take a break from the latest iPhone and the latest iPad, even me. And so one thing I just wanted to kind of talk about, maybe to wrap this thing up, was to talk about some of the, the latest Apple ads because I get a kick out of seeing Apple stuff because their video teams are just so good they're so talented and the editing in particular like did you guys see the one i, I put it uh, here and there a couple clips in some of my latest videos about the ipad pro with the floating hummingbird um that man that song gets stuck in my head which obviously is the point how many apple ad songs get stuck in your head from over the years i still think of some you guys know but that was great but did you see the other one that was like the iPhone SE unboxing video and they're like pulling off that plastic film and stuff? It's just a much, much, much more cinematic thing than what YouTubers do all the time. What's interesting, that is like one of the most fun things in the world. Opening an Apple product in general, well, okay, opening a tech product in general, that's fun. Opening an Apple product, for some reason, that sets my excitement level on like 11 but peeling off that film, it is one of the most satisfying things. <laughs> and in fact, <laughs> when I check out other ones, I, don't, I didn't notice it on the OnePlus 8 Pro this year, but in past uh, releases, the OnePlus phones have had a screen protector built in. And the first time that I saw one like that, I started peeling it off because I thought it was just protective stuff because I was used to Apple World. And they sent it and I peeled it off and was like, oh, whoops, because by the time a corner was off, it was like it, the whole thing had to come off. If I put it back down, it was going to have like a hair in it or a bubble or something. Man, those are... Those are so frustrating to put on by yourself. But everyone loves the peel. So it's just interesting that Apple's kind of like getting in on that. Sometimes it almost is like, well, Apple, they 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 are taking the best things about tech YouTube and like doing it themselves, but only better, you know? But what we'll always have going for us is, as the tech YouTubers is I think that authentic aspect. But there was the other video recently too that was really great. It was the... Um, this is not a computer ad, which was for the iPad Pro. And that was fun. That almost looked like something out of Lost, I thought. I forget, what was the little corporation on Lost? You know, they would find all this old footage from the lab that was there before. That's what that really reminded me of, to be honest. Oh, crap. My shirt's somehow like, un big, big threads like pulling out as I'm sitting here. <laughs> I was waving my hands around like I do in a video and caught a thread, a whole giant thread. Dang it. My shirt. Uh, so that was fun, though, that ad. I'm talking about creativity. Apple does a great job, I'm sure. They're paying a lot of people a lot of money to be creative and come up with stuff. But I, I love it. I could just go back through and look at all the Apple content over the, the last couple years, and it would be a fun hour spent, you know, like make a playlist out of it and do it. That'd be fun. Like maybe when we hit a million subscribers, have like a playlist and do something like the Netflix party thing where everyone's like watching some videos all at the same time and we're hanging out. We should plan something like that when we hit a million one of these years. I'm trying to think, like, what was the most iconic Apple video or ad or whatever from YouTube since they've had a channel? I'm trying to think. Do you have one? Do you have a favorite? There was the AirPods Pro one recently where that dancer's, like, dancing, which is, like, normal life, but then you put in the AirPod Pro and out come the flashy lights and stuff and it's a party, but, oh, wait. She took it out and she's just on the bus. But then we went back in and oh, dancing all around. Like there was that one. I remember that. Oh, the Hermitage. 
tour. That was interesting, but I think it got low views because it was like a museum tour. But oh, I think I know. I think I know the one that really sticks out in my mind. It was for the HomePod. Do you remember that? Uh, again, somebody dancing around like in their apartment or something, but then like pushes on the wall and the wall goes like way back with all the stripes and stuff. That was that was really creative and clever. See, that's the thing. Creativity, it sticks in your brain and you remember it forever after that. And that's what I'm after when it comes to YouTube stuff. I want to try to push the envelope, not just copy other people, get some ideas from other people, but then do it Chris style. And it's like, People told me that, you know, for a while I was doing like 20 some minute videos and people were like, I don't really like that. And I kind of tried to tone it back to like eight minute videos, but it ended up being more like 12 to 14. And people were like, yeah, that's the sweet spot. That's that OG daily tech style. And so it's weird. I guess I probably do feel like I have a style to people, even though I don't really try to have a style. But I guess just by putting out content, everyone's going to end up having a style. But you guys watch though, in the coming years, I'm going to try to do more unique and different stuff. I haven't been in an opportunity, you know, from just like a budget standpoint and other things to be super creative and push the limits. You know, I've had, I've had a personality driven uh, thing and there is something to that. But as you start accruing more resources and stuff and you can say like, all right, what do I want to do? Um, I'm going to try to do some stuff that's different. And so you guys tune in for that. Speaking of tuning in, thanks for tuning into this podcast. Really enjoy hanging out with you guys every week. Um, I'll see you, I guess, in the next video. It's going to be weird in these coming weeks as the move is coming up and as I don't know where I'm going to be shooting all that stuff that we talked about last week. And it's weird because I still got sponsored videos I got to do because I got to pay the bills. Um, but we'll see. It, it, you guys hang in there with me and we'll all reconvene on the other side of the move. And it will look back and be like, wow. You know, that moving content, it wasn't that bad, hopefully. But I'll see you guys in the next video. Later. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Welcome to the other party out of vibe. Well, you know we getting lit and come alive. And you know we got a light, so we gon' shine. And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah. Since all 12 are giving you the heat The reviews from Chris you gotta see Daily Tech got the facts that you need And it's a whole crew you gotta meet After party it's the place you gotta be And you can't really beat it cause it's free Trying to give you unbiased critiques Quality you should take it from me Cause we care about the customers Pull up a seat, got a whole team Giving you the best and do it by any means Brand new Mac and know it's looking clean It's the after party, live from the models Wanna cop some, shouldn't be a doubt about it Looking for great reviews, then you found it Connecting with the fans, hope you get a lot out of it yeah. Welcome to the other party, I live Well you know we getting lit and come alive And you know we got a light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah Welcome to the other party, I live Well you know we getting lit and come alive and you know we got that light so we gon' shine And we talking to the fans, it's the time, yeah